Hey guys, Rachel here. Thanks for listening to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. This week we're talking about Jesus as the wounded healer because just like him, we all get scars in life. When he came on earth, he died on the cross for us. And when he rose again, he still had scars in his hands. And we go through life and no one goes through life without getting scars. We get scars through many different things. But when we look at God's example of how Jesus came and lived on earth as a wounded healer, we can follow that same example because we aren't supposed to just skip over the hard things in life, but we're supposed to go through it. Just like in Finding Nemo, where Marlin and Dory are advised to go through the trench and not over it. But when they get to the trench, they see how dark and just kind of scary it looks. So they decide to go over it, even though they know to go through it, not over it. And when they go over it, they get stung by jellyfish. So whatever trenches we go through, we have to remember that God is with us in that. And it actually helps make us stronger to go through the dark valleys, to go through the hardships. So listen with me as I sit on my front porch, you'll hear the nice sounds of bugs and birds in Northwest Indiana. A while back when I had a bad knee injury, it kind of shook me up because I'm a dancer and that's like a big part of my identity. And so I couldn't dance for quite a while and it really broke me down in a lot of different ways. And I remember kind of talking to God about not only that, but just other things from my life that I was just really upset, like why he would let me do that? Like why would he let me go through that if I'm trying to follow him? So I remember asking him, why did you bring me in this way? That's how I asked it. And he said, I felt him say it very clearly in my, in my heart and my soul so that I could redeem you. My friends, I think we, sometimes we want our life to be super smooth sailing because we are following him. So shouldn't we be blessed? Shouldn't he just let us kind of get what we want in this life? But we know that he says that in this life we'll face face hardships, but to take heart because he has already overcome the world. And he can empathize with us in our weaknesses. Jesus came and was tempted in every way we were, but he lived the perfect life and he did not sin. He was also wounded by other people, just like we experience He experienced being wounded by other people. We can have different kinds of injuries and sickness in life. Sometimes it's from circumstances that we experience. Sometimes it's from ourselves, like natural consequences. And sometimes it's from someone else. When it's from circumstances, it can be like a natural disaster, you know, like a a house fire or there was an earthquake or there's just things that happen around you that have caused some hurt and pain. Sometimes it is from ourselves, like we said, like the natural consequences, you know, and your health, if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually, like being fed by his word, or if you're not taking care of yourself physically, then there's going to be natural consequences of that, and you're going to have injury and sickness. And sometimes it's from someone else, which is hard because that's not always something that we control, and most of the time it's not. With heartbreak, abuse, things like that, that people are can be hurtful because we are flawed humans. We are made in God's image, but we don't make good choices a lot of the time. We've had an episode before where we talked about healing, and that's more about if you are experiencing pain in your heart, soul, mind, and your body, and how God works in that. Today we're focusing more on who He is as the wounded healer, because we all go through life and get scars. No one goes through life without getting scars at some point or another. Jesus is the same way. He came through this life, and He he lived the perfect life, but God didn't give him the smooth sailing life that was super 
easy, pain-free. He didn't have a house to live in. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. And he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners, and people accused him all the time. And he didn't live this fabulous life. He was the son of, son of God, fully God, fully man, but he did not live a life that was easy by any means. He lost his friend, Lazarus. Uh, he, his cousin was beheaded, John the Baptist. There are a lot of hard things that happened while he lived this life, and obviously he was obedient to death, even death on the cross. So he experienced terrible, terrible pain. And it wasn't from himself. It wasn't because he messed up and had these natural consequences. It was from someone else. It was from us because he carried our sins. That's what makes us clean. In Isaiah 53, this is a prophecy about Jesus, starting in verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. So he was rejected and stricken by other people, by God. God was the one who poured out his wrath on him to take our punishment, not because of anything that he did, but because of what we had done. And only because of his pain and his wounds and his suffering can we experience life and healing and peace and joy. I think something that's really cool to realize is when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't raise and was completely back to how he was before. He rose with holes in his hands and a hole in his side. Thomas said that he wouldn't believe until he saw the holes in his hand and the the piercing in his side. After Jesus was raised from the dead in John 20, verse 24, but Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus rose from the dead and was not restored to how he once was before, but he had scars in his hands and in his side. For us, it's the same way. I think a lot of times we want to experience healing and be completely restored to how we once were, but it's important to remember that when we go through those hard things, we actually come to a place that's more beautiful and more glorious with scars at the end of it. Everyone gets scars in life. Sometimes it's from people, sometimes from circumstances, sometimes from our own selves. But we have a choice. You can choose to heal from those wounds and be a wounded healer like Jesus, who even though he was rejected and stricken by men, that he chose to suffer and be obedient to death on the cross so that we could experience healing and life with him. Or you can choose to be an unhealed wounder when you don't 
tend to the hurts that you have in your heart and your mind and your soul and allow God to work in those, to pull out the weeds, to plant new seeds, to really tend to yourself, then you become an unhealed wounder and you hurt other people. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks and reckless words pierce like a sword. And even if it's not with your words, it's with your actions. There's so many things that can happen when you don't allow God into your heart to search your heart see if there's any offensive way in you and lead you in the way everlasting you can have those wounds that pop up and they hurt other people around you and instead we want to be those wounded healers because we all get scars in life but we can choose to allow God to work in us and heal us so that we can be more like him and how do we heal we don't like naturally we just don't like to go through suffering and we don't like to have scars we want to go through and have a smooth sailing life but that's not how it works and we know that and when we are followers of christ we still don't and even jesus tells us that we're going to face hardships in this life first peter 2 verses 20 through 25 say for what credit is there if when you do wrong and are beaten you endure it but when you do what is good and suffer you endure it this brings favor with god so when we experience pain because of our own sin our own choices what what good is that but when we experience pain from our circumstances or someone else or from doing good then that brings favor with god for you are called to this because christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps he did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth when he was insulted he did not insult in return when he suffered he did not threaten but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that, having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus is our example of how, when we experience insults and suffering and being threatened, that we trust God because he's the judge, not us. We're not going to retaliate or hurt other people because they hurt us. And we can trust that healing of going through the hardships because in Psalm 23, it says, He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So he's leading us along the right paths. It doesn't mean the easy path for his name's sake. And which means that we are his people. We are his children. So he wants to lead us on the paths of righteousness that lead us to him, which is often mountains and valleys so when we go through those darkest valleys those hard places we don't need to fear because we know he is with us in that and when we're going through those times of hardship whether that be from circumstances from someone hurting you or even your own sin that you're walking through and working through and repenting and turning to him his rod and his staff comfort us that's how he disciplines us when a shepherd is taking care of their sheep they have their rod and their staff to kind of nudge them in the right direction which isn't like a a kind pat sometimes it's a it's a hard nudge but it takes us to where we need to go and it's comforting to know that he cares about us enough to nudge us along the right way on the path even though the path is going up and down he is with us and that is the greatest comfort we can see many examples in the bible of how god's people didn't just get delivered from a situation in the way that we kind of want sometimes where we want it just to be taken away like when jesus before he went on the cross he was praying to god and he said 
let this cup pass from me, but not as I will, but your will be done. And in the same way, we should see suffering in that way. In the Bible, there are many examples of God's people who had to go through the hardships. For example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted all the people to bow before this this God that he had made. And they refused. They only wanted to bow before God. He is the only one worthy of our worship. Instead of conforming to the pattern of the world, they chose to worship God and God alone, which means that King Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fiery furnace. In Daniel 3, it says, Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I've set up? Now, when you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and drum, every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a, f- a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that can rescue you from my power? Meshadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of the blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as the king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage, and he ordered them to be thrown into the fiery furnace. It says that he... The expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. And he commanded some of the best soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men, in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes, were tied up and thrown into the furnace of the blazing fire. Since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. And these three men... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell, bound, into the furnace of blazing fire. So if you notice here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't doing anything wrong. This suffering came because of someone else. It wasn't because they had sinned and they had these natural consequences or just these like natural circumstances that happened around them. They were doing good and experiencing this suffering. And instead of being like, God, save us. Why aren't you saving us? Because we're following you. They said... If the God we serve exists, he can rescue us. Like, they know that God is able. And he can rescue us from you, the king. They weren't afraid to speak up to the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Are we that bold? So continuing in Daniel 3, Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisors, Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men, not tied, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out. Wow, what a change in his demeanor there. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. When the satraps prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their hens was singed, their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. 
they violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says anything offensive about the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb to limb and his house made a garbage dump. For there is no god who is able to deliver like this. Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So they were refusing to worship the statue that he had set up, and they were thrown into the fire anyway. God could have said, nope, you're not going to go through the fire. But they did. They went in the fire. And was, were they alone? No. Nebuchadnezzar saw the four men in there, and one of them looked like the son of the gods. They were not alone. So no matter what you're walking through, whether it be a natural consequence of your sin and you're feeling God nudging you and bringing you back with his rod and his staff, see that as comfort because he loves you. He's going to discipline you because you are a child of him. If you're experiencing suffering from a circumstance, you can trust that he is in control, which is hard because why would he let that happen? We know that he can still comfort us and we can find peace and comfort in him in those situations. But specifically, when we are hurt by other people, we can look at God's example through Jesus, who endured the cross. He knew that this would just be a temporary thing. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says, Now we have this treasure in jars of clay, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not fix our eyes on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The things that we are experiencing in this life that give us scars, that's going to pass away. And we still are going to have scars. Even if you're a follower of Jesus, you're definitely going to have scars. Jesus had scars. Why wouldn't we? But we can choose to allow God to heal us. We can trust Him in the deep, dark valleys. We can trust Him to heal our hearts, our minds, so that we don't become unhealed wounders but instead we are wounded healers, that we experience suffering and we remember the joy that is set before us. We can see the end game where there is victory in him because he is coming back. He is coming soon and we will be with him for all eternity and we will see him face to face. And that glory surpasses any weight that we feel in this world of pain and suffering. My friends, no matter what we go through, God is with us. He can strengthen us and comfort us in all things. No matter what thorn is in your flesh, no matter what hurt someone has brought upon you, no matter what circumstances you're walking through, no matter what sin you're walking out of, right now, God is here with you. Do you trust Him? Is your heart open to Him? Are you seeking His face? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you for joining us today for the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I love hearing how God is speaking to you and comforting you and encouraging you through his word. You can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. We have a Facebook group where we post updates. You can find us on pretty much any podcast platform. 
So please rate, write reviews, share with your friends. I hope you have a wonderful week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.